welcome to Rhetoric Orama, a podcast about all things rhetoric. Here are your hosts, Dr. David R. Dewberry and Dr. Tim, as seen on TV, McGee. I'm Dave. And I'm Tim. And in this episode, we dip into the fallacy files to discuss errors in reasoning. Today, we focus on the power and the mystery of the ad hominem, which is Latin for attacking the person. Sort of. If you're having reasoning problems, we feel bad for you, son, but we've got 99 fallacies, and this is number one. Nice job, Tim. Uh, since this is our first episode, uh, we should probably cover exactly what a fallacy is. Tim, you want to take this? A fallacy is simply just an error in reasoning. When someone argues in an unsound manner, these fallacies should be avoided, and if someone uses one against you, you should know what they're doing so you can call them out. Fallacies can also be divided into formal and informal. Like that time I showed up in a jacket and tie uh, instead of flip-flops at the beach? Not exactly, Dave. Formal fallacies are the ones that break the fairly strict rules of logic. Informal fallacies are ones that might not actually violate a rule of logic, but are unsound for some other reason. That sounds about right, Tim. Uh, And like I said, our uh, first fallacy is the ad hominem. Ad hominem means that one person is attacking the person. That's what ad hominem means, to the person. You attack the person rather than the argument. So if I called you a ninny hammer, right, instead of Tim, um, Mm -hmm. that's an ad hominem. But let's say, for example, uh, we're having a real argument about who makes the better cheeseburger. Um, You say it's Ronald McDonald. I think it's Gordon Mm -hmm. Ramsay. Now, in the midst of this discussion, I say, well, Tim, you ninny hammer, you're wrong because you're just a damn hippie, and you have the delicate sensibility of somebody who went to an Ivy League education. What Dave is doing here is attacking me, rather than my rather cogent and well-reasoned argument about one Ronald McDonald. Why would he attack me and not my argument? I propose to our dear listeners that he does this because he knows I'm right. Well, yeah, uh, yes and no, Tim, uh, you ninny hammer. <laughs> I uh, I am attacking you rather than the argument, but no, in that Ronald McDonald does not cook a tasty burger. Um, let's do another argument. Tim, you want to try this one or give us an example? Okay, sure. Let's say we're discussing the finer points of tax reform. As we are prone to do, Tim. And I think your tax plan is as fool- is foolish, so I say, well, you're just a liberal. Rather than engaging in the details of your plan, I just call you a dirty liberal. Dirty or not, Tim, uh, name-calling is generally considered to be a a fallacious ad hominem. But sometimes um, what might look as an ad hominem isn't one. That's right, Dave. Imagine this unrealistic scenario. Okay. Say that I'm discussing matters with my real estate agent, and I find that the person isn't doing a good job. So I fire them and say that my reason for firing them is because they are a bad real estate agent. Uh, This is a good example, Tim. While you're attacking the person, you're attacking them because the argument is about them and their performance. Or lack thereof. There you go. So the the lesson here seems to be that you can attack the person legitimately if the argument is about that. But if the argument is not about the person and you attack the person, then that's a fallacy which is that bad or unsound way to argue. Right, Tim? Right. Now, uh, since this is our first episode of Fallacy Files, uh, we should probably pay our, uh, our supporters. Tim, who is sponsoring this episode? Today's episode is sponsored by Snake Oil. 
We've all heard the term snake oil to refer to quack elixirs that promise to cure every ailment, but it's been centuries since any of those panaceas contained any real oil from actual snakes. Here at Oleo de Serpens, we have solved that problem by harvesting free-range rattlers and applying a patented French press extraction process to render those slithery, slithery pests into the finest cure-all emollients. That's Oleo de Serpens for real oil from genuine snakes. I've been using their product for about five years now, Tim. <laughs> My hair has never looked better. Uh, now... Now, uh, getting back, there are a few types of ad hominems. Uh, the first one we just discuss, discussed, uh, that's the uh, ad, uh, abusive ad hominem, uh, where you're just being abusive to the other person. You attack them as a person, their personal characteristics, what they've done, that sort of stuff. But there's another form of ad hominem called the circumstantial ad hominem. This is where you attack the person because their circumstances are inconsistent with the position they're advocating. For example, if my doctor tells me to lose weight, but I'm thinner than my doctor. Or, or let's say when your wife says you need to stop seeing your girlfriend, but your wife is sleeping with her ex. Let's use my example, Dave. <laughs> well, okay, but... I guess in this type of argument, you're basically calling a person a hypocrite, right? Uh, they're unable to follow their own argument or what they're recommending. So when my wife says to stop doing something that she herself is doing, and I point that out, I'm saying she is inconsistent, and as such, that for her argument to have any merit... I thought we were using my example. Uh, sorry, Tim, I get wrapped up in things here. Um, so I guess although the person might appear inconsistent, uh, that doesn't mean they have a valid reason for it. Sure, your doctor could lose some weight, but her cholesterol levels probably aren't in the danger level of like cheeseburger connoisseurs such as ourselves where ours are at. That's why I've switched to eating non-cheese cheeseburgers. See, Tim, I've gone the other way. I'm, I'm, I'm using the best defense as a good offense, and I'm eating solely cheese. Right? <laughs> That's excellent. So we've got the abusive ad hominem, the circumstantial ad hominem, and now comes my favorite, the two quoque argument. You want to take this one, Tim? Sure. Tu quoque is Latin for you also. This is when you're arguing with someone, say you hold that the person's business takes advantage of people or you might claim they are biased, okay? That person might respond, well, what you do also hurts other people. What you're doing here is shifting the burden onto the other person. Sometimes this might be fallacious, but other times it might not be. To figure it out, ask the other person to explain what the tu quoque response has to do with anything. So what you're saying here, Tim, is uh, when the business person says, well, what does that, uh, what you do also takes advantage of people, you could respond with, well, what does that have to do with, I'm, with what I'm saying? The business person could be in the business of selling tanks and bombs, but you might shop at a store whose owner gives money to political candidates who oppose some law or policy. So I guess you could say both people could be harming others, but there seems to be a bit of a difference between bombs and politics. I sure hope so, Dave. Uh, and, yeah, and that makes for a bit of a, uh, unsound reasoning. There are a number of other fallacies that could be considered under the umbrella of ad hominem, but we'll save, the, save those for future episodes. And I'm David R. Dewberry, and that's Tim as seen on TV McGee. We're professors of communication, and this has been Rhetoric o Rama, a podcast about all things rhetoric. And if you have any questions or are looking for more information, feel free to contact us or consult your local library.